sometimes life can be deceiving. I don't know if you've ever been there, uh, where you know say it can look like one way, but it is another way altogether. Um, I remember we went to L.A. and we were walking down Hollywood Boulevard, and um, Hollywood Boulevard, by the way, is crazy. It's like Times Square, but miniaturized, like midget version of Times Square, right? So it's like the city that never sleeps, besides it sleeps until 10.30 and doesn't open until 10.30 a.m. Like we walked at 10.30, like nighttime. We got there at nighttime. It was like packed. We walked the streets. I was like, dude, this place is crazy. Then we went in the morning, 9 o'clock, dead. Everything was closed, shut. You know, the, the bars were all up and all. I talked to somebody. I'm like, what happened? You know, where's the party? That just happened last night. He's like, oh, they don't get up till 10.30. I was like, I like L.A., you know. <laughs> Let's just, everybody sleep in. We'll all get up at 10.30 and start our life, you know. Um, but uh, walking down Hollywood Boulevard, we were walking in the nighttime, and there's all, like, the costume people, like, everybody's dressed up, and literally they look so real. It's, it's unreal. I, like, Wolverine walked by me, and I actually thought, I better get his autograph. Like, he's here. This is nuts. You know, it just made sense, but... Um, but we're walking down and there's all of these people outside of this store. Now the store was called everything is $10. Okay. That's literally the name of the store. Everything $10. And these people were holding up signs, $5, only five, everything is $5. And they're like, just tonight, just tonight, this sale's going on only $5. Get in there. Well, the line was insane. I mean, it was wrapped around the store. I mean, people were waiting, and I, I got to the end of the line, or I got to the front of the line, I just wanted to know. You know, I'm just one of those guys. I was like, hey, how long have you been in line? And he was like, dude, I've been in an hour and a half, oh, and I'm just oh. getting to the front. And he had a pair of sunglasses. I was like, come on now, is that really for real? But $5. But it was like $5 only. So, like, this is crazy. Um, I was there with Stash, and I was like, Stash, this is insane. we got to buy something. You know what I mean? Five bucks, we got to get it. Um, well, we leave, and the next night we come back, $5. Everything's five bucks. Only five bucks. Only tonight. You got to get it. Dude, life can be deceiving. You know what I mean? Because like here I am. I'm like, dude, one night only. We got to get in that line. And everybody that was coming through there was saying the same thing. I don't even care if it's an hour and a half. I'm going to wait because it's only $5 and it's only tonight. But it's deceiving because they all had t-shirts made. That I should have known. They had t-shirts made. They had hats made. They had signs made. They were out there every night. It's crazy. Um, we were uh, on the airplane and coming out, and we were grabbing our, you know, to-go luggage, whatever. And, you know, I know I know the secret to the airlines because those above bins always fill up, right? And especially if you're sitting in the back, if you're the ho dunks in the back, right? So you just know you got to put it in up front, you know, where all the first class people are that have their little petite little bags. So I put my bag up front, and we go back to our spot. And like, this is my plan every time. This is this is a known thing. This is what Elijah Hollis does when he travels. So I stick it up there. We go sit down. We're done with the airplane. We're walking out, and I'm looking for my bag, and I'm like, I I know I put it here somewhere. And I look, and I'm looking, nothing. I get to the end. And I, I shouted out before we went. I'm like, hey, Ash, don't worry. I got the rolling bag, right? So I didn't. she's not even thinking about it. So I get out, no bag. Ashley comes out. She's like, where's the black bag? I was like, uh, I don't know. I, I couldn't find it at all. So I go into panic mode. You know, I'm, I'm like getting a little shaky now. I go to the guy. I'm like, hey, I got to get my bag. You know, I think someone stole my bag. You know, what do you even do with that, right? It's got no name tag on it. So it's a carry-on. You don't care. You don't tag a carry-on. So, anyways, I go back to the guy. And I'm like, "Hey, what do I do?" I start walking in. By the way, I started walking in, and like nine guys were about ready to jump me <laughs> because you do not re-enter the airplane. Did you know that? Yeah. 
Yeah. You do not re-enter. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like you. <laughs> I did not know that. But the nine guys were about to show me you don't go back in there, right? They're all about to jump me. I'm like, yo, hold on, hold on. You know, someone stole my bag. Um, so I tell the guy, I'm like, hey, listen, I lost my bag. Is there any way you can help me out? So he walks back in there, and uh, he comes back with my bag. I'm like, dude, where did my bag go? Like, how did you find that? Well, it happened to be where someone moved it to the back because it was too correct back. But I was deceived because I thought someone stole my bag. You know, life can be deceiving. And, it, and sometimes we get in life where something will appear a certain way and it will be a total opposite thing and, and maybe even opposite of what God has planned for us. And yet all we can see is what's right in front of us. And I love to get in with God in those inner moments. I don't know if, I don't know if you've ever been there where uh, you're in your quiet time and, and you're just, you're, you're doing your thing, but all of a sudden then it's different because God takes you into the inner part of his presence. Have you ever been there? And I love it. It's like you've had Jesus time, but this is like Jesus with a capital J, Jesus time. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, it's precious. You hear him. It's so clear. And it's one of those moments he reveals that you've been deceived by the way you've been living. And the way you perceive things, it's not the way it actually is. Because God has a plan in everything. Um, I, th I think of Joshua when he was the new manager of the Israel Mart. You know what I mean? Moses was leading and then he gave it away. And now Joshua is the new leader on campus. And Joshua is the leading the people. And he gets to a part uh, where they get to the promised land. And now all up until this point, Joshua was living on Moses' word. So Moses had this great intervention with God. You know, I'm going to lead the people to the promised land, right? And then they get the whole, they get there, they send out the spies. All the spies come back and say, uh-uh, you know, giants, all this jazz, we're not going to do it. What do they do? They wander for 40 years. So gets down to the end of the generation. So basically God had to kill off the generation that didn't believe and have the new generation walk into this promised land. So here they are at the brink. Now Moses is handing over the baton. And then Joshua takes over. So Joshua's going on Moses' word. And this is where we find him. He comes up to the promised land where he can see the promised land. The only problem was there was a structure in the way of his promised land, Jericho. And so here he is. And Jericho wasn't only something in his way. It was a fortress in his way. It wasn't just a wall. It was the fortress that wasn't to be reckoned with. Like people who messed with Jericho were no longer in existence, okay? So Jericho was like this massive thing. So Joshua had this, this moment with God where God, and I want to look at that. Um, it's Joshua chapter 6, uh, verse 2. Then the Lord said to Joshua, and this is a little conversation he's having, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its kings and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on, on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up every man straight in. Joshua, son of, man, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. Okay, stop there. So you have this conversation with Joshua and God, and God is showing Joshua what's to come. 
So he's given him a glimpse. And this is one of those capital J Jesus moments where, you know, Joshua's having a, a praise session because he's hearing God so clear. And he's like, oh, I'm the leader. And now I got the plan. Like, this is phenomenal. So he takes this in. And then he's got to deliver the plan. So now he's telling the guys, hey, let's, we're going to march around. This is what God told me we're going to do. So we march around the city. So they march around six times. And can you imagine what's going on in his head? What's going on in the people of Jericho's head when they're marching around the city? And I'm sure somewhere in the mix, Joshua's thinking, what if this doesn't work? <laughs> I mean, here we are at a fortress. This is one of the, the biggest well-known walls, you know, biggest city that has built a structure to defend. I mean, this, they were set up to lose. And here they're walking because God put something in Joshua's heart and he was holding on to it. I want to jump to verse 16. And this is, uh, this is the moment where God's words became, and, and somewhere in the mix of, of walking around the city, and I love Joshua's thing because right as God spoke it, Joshua put it into action. And I think if we become a people that will take the word and put it right in, we'll become a people that is on the brink of what God's doing. You know what I mean? We can't be stopped. Because, you know, the, the, the hardest part about hearing God is sometimes we hear him and wait to put it into action. And that's where we stay. It's called, uh, what, Christian purgatory? You know what I mean? And you stay there forever because you're waiting for the right time. You're waiting for the, the angels to kind of reveal to you, you know, when the time is. But sometimes when God tells you to do it, it's time to do. You know, it's time to move. And um, that's what I love about Joshua because he put it right into action. He's like, all right, this is what we need to do. Grab the Ark of the Covenant. Let's start marching right now. We're going to start the seven days now. Okay, could he said, yeah, let's do it in a month? Sure, he could have. But he said, no, 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 we're going to do it now. So uh, verse 16, he says, the seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, check this out. Now he takes God's words, and now he's put it in his heart. He believes with all his eyes. He says, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now this hasn't yet happened, right? The walls haven't come down yet. All they've done is walk around six times, but he's already proclaiming because God had already instilled it in his heart, and he spoke it as though it were. Now, I have to put this out here because the greatest starts, the greatest starts of anybody's walk with God, vision, passion for their life are the ones that are to be conquered. And if you're not conquering something, there's nothing to start. And so Joshua's at a brink where he was at the wall and he had to conquer the wall to start the new promised land. I have to ask you, like, where, what is your promised land that you're trying to reach? What is God calling you to do to get to that promised land? There's a city that God has designed exactly for you. There's a plot of land that God has for your family, God has for your life. There's a calling for you that is already in the plans of heaven. He's already sketched it all out. He's already got his angels ready to deploy as soon as you make a move. And some of us are waiting to say, God, when? I believe with all my heart, God's like, do it now. This is, this is your time. And so what happens? So shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And then the city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute, he's given all the things. Keep going uh, to verse, I think it's 19, uh, 20. There it is. When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So every man charged straight in and they took the city. And this is what I love about God is because not only does God give you the plans, 
God is the one who makes the plan succeed. And so it's not on us, and that's what I love about it. It's not about us and our human abilities. It's not in how eloquent we can talk. It's not in our skills or our resume that we show the business leader. It's the favor of God on our lives. And without, shouts can be normal or shouts can be victorious. And so you can shout all you want, but if God is not in the midst of it, it's just a shout. Okay? And that's what I love about uh, what we're doing here because I, I feel like God is calling us and he's putting something deep in our hearts and saying, I want you to shout. Shout for the victory because there's a people in, in Chester County, in Philadelphia, and, and, and they need the victory. They, they have a fortress that is in the way of what they're doing. And, and people at your business, people in your schools, people at your workplace, they, they need you to stand up as the Joshua and say, this is what God has put into place, and this is what we're going to do in order to get uh, his kingdom here to earth. And so uh, obedience is huge, but the greatest starts are the ones to be conquered. The greatest starts are the ones to be conquered. And when God speaks to you and tells you something he wants to do on earth, you then are turned into the carrier of the mission. You're turned into the carrier of the mission. When God speaks to your heart, you have a responsibility. It's like the Spider-Man quote, very wisdom-filled. No, with great power comes great responsibility. And so when God empowers us, with words, when God empowers us with those moments of his presence where they're so sweet and so, um, so rich with his plans and goodness. And I love what the, the Bible says about a man's plans are many, but God's purpose is the ultimate that prevails. And uh, I hold on to that so much is that, God, you have to speak because if you don't speak it into existence, it ain't happening. It'll just be me shouting on a rooftop. It'll just be me shouting in vain. And I want your word. I want all that you have for me. So I don't know what obstacles you're facing in life, but I do know this, that God is calling you, and I hope this encourages you and challenges you tonight because I was so challenged with it, is that God is calling us to shout for the victory. Shout for the victory. In the name of Jesus, you're shouting for the victory over that, that um, promotion, over those, those people you're trying to reach. And I love in 1 Corinthians 9.27 where Paul is talking about um, how he approaches his mission. And I think if we can take this approach to not only just go through the motions and not only just hear God and not only just uh, go to church or, or be a part of an organization, but if we can do this. He said, I don't know about you. And I love the message translation because it just breaks it down. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. Man, if we'd all live like that, can you imagine what our world would look like? If we went into our workplace saying, okay, today, I'm not just beating the air. I'm going to take someone down. I, you know, not for real, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm going to get violent. <laughs> They're going to have to kick me out. You know, not, nothing like that. But, like, I'm going to come in with a purpose and a passion, and I'm looking for somebody. Like, today's on point. Today's on purpose. I'm looking for someone. Um, no sloppy living for me. <laughs> I love that. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping. Oh, man. God, please don't come back when I'm napping, right? Isn't that just what we all pray? Please don't come back when I'm napping or that one Sunday I choose not to go to church. You know what I mean? Like, tell, telling everyone else about it and then missing out myself. And that's a huge challenge to us is just to be on our face before God because we all are managers of something. We all are managers of something that God has put in our possession. You're a father. 
You got kids looking out. You know, you got kids watching you and what you're going to do. You're a mom who's pouring life into your kid, setting an example by your life. You know, you got coworkers that are looking at you saying, how will they respond in this time? Because this is a high stressful time. Uh, I know Philadelphia is in a huge state of just depression just because of the elections and everything that's gone down. So it's like people around are watching. How are you going to respond? How are you going to take this and put it out? Because everybody's responding in a certain way. What do you respond out of? Do you respond out of the victory of Jesus in your life, or do you respond out of your emotions and human? Because everybody knows we all got emotions. But if we can get on point, and uh, I want to challenge us this, uh, that in this time that you would ask God, what is it? What is it that you want me to start right now? And, and sometimes we can get so caught up in the, the challenge that's in front of us that we never start it. And then we get in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and we look back and say, now I should start it, you know. And may we, may we just say right now, um, God, what is it that you want us to do? How can we chase after you? And let's start right now. Because, um, and tonight's just that. What does God want you to conquer? What does God want you to go after and shout for the victory in the name of Jesus? And the biggest key, I think, in all of this is taking his word and make it your mission. Taking his words that he's placed in your heart, making it your words as you go and proclaim it uh, to the nations. And uh, so I want to pray over you tonight. Um, we gave you those cards, and I just want you to pray. And who is in your life right now that you need to reach out to and say, hey, uh, you know, it, it, it's about time that, that I start being vocal. You know, I start being uh, on, on the off, uh, what do you call it? De- offense. offense. Instead of being on the defense all the time, but taking ownership, bringing the ball into the court, say, I'm showing up. No more sloppy living for us. Because I believe God is calling a forceful uh, generation, and I think, I think that's who we are. We're a forceful generation. We're not going to sit back and say, I hope God's kingdom gets here on earth. We're saying, no, I'm bringing God's kingdom here to earth. You know, when I walk into the room, God's kingdom comes with me, you know, and let's be a people that is forcing his kingdom, forcing his kingdom everywhere we go. And every conversation, we force God's name into it. And not that we have to be Jesus shouters, because Jesus shouters are just weird, okay? Not being weird but bringing in his presence in how we react, how we love, how we selflessly give. I think the greatest, uh, the greatest message we could ever get is to selflessly give like Jesus gave. Right. Everywhere he went, he selflessly gave. He never asked for a thing in return. Even when he was on hit the cross of dying, he never asked for someone to encourage him or give him anything. Um, so I think if we live that out, uh, God's going to bless and pour out. But I want to pray over us tonight just that God would um, minister inside of us speak to us and build us up so that when we go into our new journey and we see the Jericho wall, but we see the promised land and the promised land becomes more prominent than the Jericho. So we shout for victory just to get through and we will watch God tear down the walls. Um, So I want you to bow your head and close your eyes with me. But tonight I want to pray just that God does an amazing work in our hearts and and, and what he wants to do in our city. Um, So tonight, I I don't know what you got going on Um, But I want you just to maybe just ask God in this moment, hey, you know, is there something that has been on your heart, has been on your mind, and God is just shining a light on it tonight, 
And maybe you're sitting there and you're like, you know, yeah, it's time. It's time for this mission to start. It's time for me to walk into this new purpose, a new passion that God has put in on my heart. God, I just love you. And I thank you. You are such a good God. You're such a, uh, an enabler. God, you give us the power and the might to walk in who you are. And, and God, I just thank you. I thank you for all you're doing in our hearts, all you're speaking to our spirits and the fire that you're igniting inside of us. I know you got huge plans for us. I know you got huge plans for where we're going. So God, I pray for all the Jerichos. I pray that those would become small in our eyes and that you would show and shine a light on the promised land where you're calling us to, where you're calling our neighborhoods, where you're calling our workplaces and our schools. God, you would ignite something in us that can't be put out. God, you would burn a passion inside of us and teach us how to start something right and start it right now. Um, God, we just thank you for the people you're going to bring into our pathway the conversations that are going to happen on purpose. We thank you for all the, the, the things that you have for us to do. And God, I just pray right now that you give us boldness to stand up and do it in the midst of fear. God, that's what boldness is. It's just putting fear aside and doing it anyways, even though we're scared to death. And so God, I just pray for that courageousness to rise up in us, that we would be mighty warriors. We'd be the forceful ones that would forcefully advance your kingdom. Will you just join me too and just pray over our city? Uh, God, I just pray for Philadelphia, that you would make a way, make a pathway for your glory to be revealed. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you so much for what you are doing. You're in the midst of doing it already, God, and we just jump on board to your movement. We jump on board to the, the mission that your angels are already on, ministering to those in need ministering to those that are in hurt and in pain. God, we just come alongside of them. God, we, we cry, holy are you, and we pray that your kingdom would come down in the city of Philadelphia. God, I pray for those in the forgotten bottom, that you would show up and show them that they are important, that they have identity in you, that you love them so much, that that single mom who's, who's uh, lost and 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 stressed out of her mind, and, and kind of at her wit's end, you would show up. You would bring a light into her darkness. Wrap your arms around her, God. I pray for the, the addicted one that's on the corner looking for the next high. God, I pray that you just shine a light like, like you always do, God. I pray that you'd bring them to knowing who they are in you, to show them the love of Jesus. God, we just pray for an outpouring of your spirit like never before. Bring a revival fire and place it inside of our hearts so we can be contagious as we go in. And God, in those still, small, quiet moments, once you speak to us your plans, teach us your strategies, teach us your ways, and let us follow after you with all of our hearts. We love you so much, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.